Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. You put yourself in stupid places. Yes, I think you know it's true. And let me tell you about the treasure trove of news that came out today, right before we started recording. That, oh, man. Yeah, like, I can't wait to talk about this episode. So, um... Thank you all for tuning in. It's another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, our little cold open here, as always, we're just chit-chatting a little bit about some of the stuff we're going to be talking about. We have, uh, tonight, Steve is not going to be able to join us. He's actually celebrating uh, his dad's birthday today. So Steve will be back with us um, next week. Um, but in his stead, we have the ever-popular, uh, continues to get access to movies early. Uh, I'm still not sure how he does it, but his name is MC Brooks. Nothing? You're not even there? Too busy playing Spyro? Oh, whoops. Sorry. No, yeah, I'm, I'm muted because the dragon I'd released was talking, and I didn't want to get that on the on the podcast, you know, lawsuits and all that. <laughs> so MC Brooks is playing. What, what are you playing right now? Uh, the Spyro trilogy on uh, that they re-released on PS4. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but joining us, our special guest this evening. Now, we haven't actually discussed this. Now... I don't know exactly what you want to go by. I know Emily is fine, but like, which which of your nom de plumes are we using this evening, uh, Miss Emily? And she's also not with us. She's also muted. <laughs> Great start to the podcast. This is going to be a wonderful episode. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I thought I wasn't muted. My bad. Um... So yeah, I, I'm uh, in in person. It's it's just Emily. That's fine with me. Okay, <laughs> sorry right. about that, guys. Well, the the main reason I asked that too is because you're working on a ton of, of cool projects right now. So we want to make sure people can find the stuff that you're working on. Um, yes, I definitely am doing a bunch of stuff. I want people to know about. Um, the easiest way to find me on social media is the Emily E S S E. That's all all over social media, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm putting up a website, um, uh, Facebook. Um, I, I pretty much I'm, everything is there. And if it's not that, it's just going to be Emily ESSE. But most everywhere, it's the Emily ESSE. Some form of Emily ESSE. You can find her mm-hmm. on social media. It's easy. I found her on social media. You guys can do the same. Right? Um, yeah. Tonight, we are talking about... I mean, this is... I, I had some... I, I've had people say, well... Do you really want to run any subject into the ground? Um, <laughs> because this would be the one, two, three, fourth podcast, um, plus two articles uh, that we have done where we are talking about Captain Marvel. And I want to dispel anybody rolling their eyes and being like, oh, they're talking about this again. Do you have any idea how many times we talk about other movies, like whether it be Star Wars or Captain America or Iron Man or the Avengers? Like, or just like Batman, you know? Like, exactly. Thing, you know, come on. Exactly. I think yeah. that what, I mean, quite possibly, like the most powerful, most badass superhero I've seen in a really long time on screen, I think she deserves as much time as we can devote to her because... One, there was a hot button issue with it, which we might talk about briefly, but we're not going to spend too much time on that, because honestly, this is more devoted to just how much of a badass she was and how good this movie is, and just the incredible reception that it got, um, which you guys can read the article. It's on greatgeekrefuge.com. If you click on articles, right there at the top, it's the Geek Sheets. Steve wrote us a great Geek Sheets, and it's devoted to all of the news, Captain Marvel, uh, upon the release, the, the success that it's been having, some of the news uh, that's come out from... 
uh, from Kevin Feige and the rest of the crew. So I just think it's going to be something really important to talk about. But also there's some really big news about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, plus, that is true. Plus we're going to get to know our guest, uh, Miss Emily, tonight a little bit as we start Yay. the next episode <laughs> of GGR Pirate Radio starting right now. We are starting in five, four, three, two, one. Broadcast starting. Good job. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Do it. Do it. Come on, kill me. I'm here. Come on, do it now. Kill me. And as the book drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. So it's $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If <laughs> you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. No. Why not? Because it's too complicated. It's like algebra. Why you got to put numbers and letters together? Why can't you just go f*** yourself? This is called Pirate Radio. But Peter, why would they make you president? Well, maybe it's because I can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? This is called Pirate Radio. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we have a wonderful show in store for you this evening. We have, joining me in the co-host slot, as Steve is not with us tonight, um, I would say he's the Nightwing to my Batman, because just as about on the same level of badass as Batman can stand on his own, but often, like, you know, teams up with the old man, and I can appreciate being the old man, that's fine. His name is MC Brooks. <laughs> hello, and hello. since we're doing the Bat Family thing here, um, our Oracle or Batwoman or Batgirl, whatever she chooses because it's her choice, we have... I'm going to go for go. Batwoman. She's got the best right? costume. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, yeah, that absolutely. one is totally dope. Uh, her name, we'll go with... We'll, we're going with Miss Emily. It's, it's Emily, but you can find her on social media. It's Emily, <laughs> uh, E-S-S-E, or Emily... Dot E-S-S-E or the Emily E-S-S-E. Just whatever. Type it in. You'll find it. She's there. You can look for my full name, too. Emily Witten. W-H-I-T-T-E-N. And all my social media is either Emily E-S-S-E or the Emily E-S-S-E. I wanted to respect your name privacy. I know that um, when it comes to social media, people want to be particular about the way their name is searched or looked and sometimes you know you want to have a little bit of privacy so i wanted to respect that i didn't want to just call you You know i i totally appreciate that i used to be completely anonymous back in the days of live journal (laughs) for all of us who are dinosaurs out there but uh when i started 
you know, publishing journalism stuff and now comics, I gave it up because at that point, it's just hurting me to not have yeah. my name out there. You I know? had the same so, debate too. But yeah, I, I had the same it. debate too when it was like, yep. hey, I'm going to start publishing stuff. Do I do I want to go by a pen name? And I'm like, nah, that's whatever. Like, I'll be fine. Yeah, it's hard giving up that anonymous feel, but yeah, it just makes well, it's, more it's sense actually, now. It's funny too with, with Marcus. And I'm sorry, dude, I'll let you go after this. We, know, we ran fine. into an issue with this when we went to AwesomeCon last year because his stage name is not the same as his real name. So he went to go pick up his badge, and I didn't remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I gave them his stage name, and he shows up with his ID, and they're like, who the hell are you? And he's like, yeah. Oh, it no. Was, it was a thing. It was... <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh... Let's go ahead and jump in, guys. Let's get uh, let's get started. Let's talk about all right. the Geek Sheets for the month of March, which they are all dedicated to Carol Danvers herself, Captain Marvel. It's time for the Geek Sheets. Here's the big news this week in the geeky, nerdy world. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Guys, um, Captain Marvel's kicking ass and taking names. Um... Huge opening, huge opening. Uh, it, it's the 21st film in the MCU, and it opened with $153 million domestic gross, which is the seventh highest first weekend for any of the Marvel Studios movies. Like, that's that's pretty impressive. Like, it, regardless of, of any of the other nonsense, like, that kind of stands on its own. Like, the scoreboard kind of speaks for itself with this one. And the great thing about it, too, is, is the reviews, for the most part, have been pretty positive. I haven't seen too many negative reviews, the worst reviews that I'm seeing that are credible um, have been like it was it was good, and that's that's about it. And there are some people, as always, that are gushing about it. Um, but for the most part, any of the credible reviews that are like not like overly positive are like average to above average, is what I'm seeing. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, I pretty much agree. Um, I've I've seen I've seen a few negative reviews in, in some of the, the, the nerd and blurred groups that I'm in. But for the most part, it seems like, you know, for the, people enjoy this film and they're not being too harsh. Like, even if they just thought it was OK, that they're not being uh, too harsh. And uh, I can actually update the, the number because the, the number on the geek sheet said that it's uh, it had one hundred fifty three million through its opening weekend. And as of. Nine hours ago today, it's going to cross over two hundred million dollars nice. today, uh, because it made over nine million today. And also, uh, oh, now my browser went to freeze. That's cool. <laughs> but we're yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> we're just starting the second weekend of this too. So yeah, yeah. And so right now it's uh it's uh, it's around four hundred four hundred fifty six million dollars globally. That's yeah. Wow. Like it's, it's doing big numbers, and like that's, I, I think that speaks for itself more than than anything else because there's going to be that initial, not shock value, but there's going to be the initial like wave of people who are going to see it automatically just because of the other stuff that's going on with it. But the staying power is really going to be what shows how good this movie is. And I think that's going to be the thing that really is going to be impressive about this movie is that you're going to see people going back to it because even if you thought it was just like average, the visuals in this movie were incredible. Like, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I've, I've I haven't seen it again yet, although I want to. But um, my boyfriend did, and he said that he 
actually even enjoyed it better the second time around. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it again in the theaters before it leaves, hopefully. Uh, if I have time. But um, yeah, and I think um, I'm one of those people who I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It wouldn't necessarily, if I was going to pick like my favorite Marvel movie ever, it might not be my favorite Marvel movie ever. But, and Mike, I mentioned this to you before, um, I want to digress for a minute into something else I saw recently, course, if you don't ahead. mind. Um, cool. So um, it came out on International Women's Day. And uh, also on International Women's Day, the worlds of Ursula K. Le Guin had its DC premiere. And that's a documentary about Ursula K. Le Guin, uh, her life and works. And uh, as you might know, she's a fantasy author who lived for... I think she was like almost 90 when she passed away and was very prolific and wrote a lot of things that contributed to feminist writings in her lifetime. Um, and I thought it was really interesting throughout the documentary, you saw her re-examining things that she had made after critiques by some people, for instance, um, to do with a book she wrote about androgynous people and the fact that she was still using the he pronoun, he pronoun when they weren't when they were androgynous people who either sometimes became male or sometimes female, but when they weren't either, she was still using a he pronoun. And in the documentary, she was like, yeah, you know, I was pretty defensive about that. And then I thought, well, they're right. And she was examining in, as she was talking about her books, her own growth as a writer and a feminist and a person examining all this stuff. And um, I saw that the day after I saw Captain Marvel, cause I saw that Captain Marvel on Thursday night. Um, and it, it really struck me that the way we talk about these movies with female leads and things like that, it's not allowing for them to understand and grow like we would any other movie out there. So it makes me feel like if we're not saying, this is the most amazing movie I have ever seen, period, full stop, this is what we need, you know, and instead we're saying, this is a really good movie, I would have liked a little more of this and a little more of that, people immediately jump to like, well, then movies with female leads are not gonna sell. When in fact, it makes much more sense to just accept it as a piece of work, like any other piece of work, and not to say, well, it's the female lead that means it wasn't your absolute favorite movie of all time. And I just think that, I mean, you know, the, the documentary and the way she examined her own life and her own works and the way her works grew in what she was looking at as told by both her and other people interviewed for the documentary, uh, big names in the industry, you know, very respected. Um, it made me think about that. And I wonder if you guys have any thoughts about, you know, this is just one of those developing thoughts in my head about how we look at female works. And I always feel it's, um, it's not practical and it's not fair to be like, well, the fact that there's a female lead or a female bent to it is why you know, we can't do this again if you didn't like it Im immediately and you didn't think it was perfect. What do you guys think? I think that one, one of the things that I want to state up front is, and I'll give credit to him, and I gave credit to him last week too, is um, our mutual friend and friend of GGR, uh, Ulysses E. Campbell, did a review of Captain Marvel. Yeah. And the first thing he did in that review was he prefaced, he's like, the things that are being said on the extreme are nonsensical and they're ugly, and they're horrible, and they shouldn't be said about this movie. In fact, most of them are not true. That being said, this movie was all right. Like, that that was exactly... Like, the fact that you have to address that first 
because the movie has a female lead and because two years before this movie was even being filmed or made, a quote about a completely different movie was used as a reason to not want to go see this movie. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, Brie Larson had made a comment about how she didn't really care what older white men were saying about A Wrinkle in Time because the movie was not made for them. And this was in reference to she wanted people of color, she wanted women to review the movie because most reviewers, and it's a proven fact that like 95% of movie reviewers are white males over the age of 40. And that was what she was saying. But what somebody along the way was like, oh, hey, look what Brie Larson said. She doesn't like white men and she doesn't care what white men think about Captain Marvel. And that became weaponized as a reason not to go see this movie. And that was disgusting because first off, it wasn't true. Secondly, even if that was true, even if she had said, I don't really care what white men think about this movie because I care about what women and girls, they think about this because this is a chance for them to shine. What's wrong with that? Right. That's exactly what I was yep. saying yeah. on the Fantastic Forum um, radio show. You, you said at the beginning, you know, it's it's okay to talk about it four or five times. This is the third time I've been on a radio or podcast uh, talking <laughs> about this. And I still have new things to say because it's a deep topic. So, but I did I did make that point as well when um, when I was on the show, the show with Yuli, is that sometimes it's okay if it's not all for you. You know, sometimes right. it's okay if you feel like, this is focused on someone else, or maybe you even feel a little uncomfortable because it's challenging your viewpoint. Isn't that better to, to learn and grow and see other things than to just sit in your safe little space and not be anything new ever? That seems uh, counterintuitive to me if you want to be a growing, learning human being. I don't know if people just value their little bubbles of comfort so much that they can't handle anything else, but if they are that... Um, if they have that much difficulty dealing with the viewpoints of others, it's not going to be the movie going part of their life where it matters most. It's most, it's going to be their whole lives and they're going to be limited yeah, people. I'm, I'm with you. MC, man, yeah, all, all yours, buddy. Take the mic. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I, I, I agree. And we actually had, um, in, in a bunch of the black nerd groups I'm in, um, we kind of had, a, a bunch of different discussions when Black Panther was coming out last year because Black Panther kind of went through kind of a similar thing of people white of white male gatekeepers in their community uh -huh. basically wanting to do anything and everything to discredit this movie because you know the movie was was something that was much, that, that was culturally much larger than life and was and you could just tell it just meant so much to uh, black people, uh, black people who were excited to see this movie, and there were many people who saw Black Panther, for example, and and didn't like it, didn't care for it, but publicly, they said that they were not, they did, they they didn't want to slander the movie, or or say anything bad, just because just because they didn't like it, it was going mm -hmm. to be significant to other people, and so. I saw a wrinkle in time and and I didn't particularly like it, but I also <laughs> chose not to slander that movie because I knew that it was going to be important. I have two nieces that are about to be teenagers who love that movie. And so uh, I was I'm, disappointed in it, to be honest, yeah, but that's because yeah, no, no, I no, love I, the original so much and it just didn't hit that mark for me. Yeah. I, same. I, I did not care for that movie at all. I didn't, I, even now I don't really have anything positive to say, but I know that the movie wasn't particularly made for me, so I'm totally okay with with me keeping that opinion to myself because 
again, I have two two uh, teenage nieces who enjoyed that film very much, and that like that means more to me than whether or not I like the movie. Well, and so, and I, I guess I'm not saying like I I don't think people shouldn't say if they didn't enjoy a movie. I just think that if they didn't enjoy it purely because it had a female lead or a black lead, or if they didn't enjoy it because they like. I don't know, like reasons that aren't to do, or or they say they didn't enjoy it, and therefore you can't make another movie with a black lead or a female lead, or you know, a uh, lesbian or whatever. Like that's the thing. It's not like you can say I didn't enjoy this movie, but it it makes no sense to be like, and therefore there should be no more movies about this thing, because then if I say, you know what, the third in the Dark Knight trilogy wasn't as good as I would have liked it to be, then clearly there should be no more Batman movies when in fact I loved the first one and the second one was really good. The third one was a disappointment, you know? But I'm And I'll, I'll say that, but I won't say Christian Bale should never act again. I, I won't say Batman's no longer a thing they should make movies about. Of course not, because that's yeah. just one interpretation of one aspect of one thing. I think the problem yeah. comes in when people say, therefore no more women, therefore no more black people, therefore no more Asian leads, therefore whatever, you know, that's silly. Yeah, I I, agree with I that. think that really the the thing that is the most important, and, and, and we've, we've talked about how this is a new parlance of our time, the hill that you'll die on. The, the hill that I'll yeah. die on is that everybody deserves a fair shot. Like that, that's, and that's the thing that frustrates me more than anything else is that people will use words like socialism or diversity or liberal or feminism like if they're curse words and all of those things out of context have been used have been i've used this word before weaponized they've been used to incite Mm -hmm. riot they've been used to piss other people off and they're missing the fact and the one that really irks me more than anything else is feminism because people are, are think that feminism means oh well everything needs to be all women all the time no it literally means equality for for women and like that's what's so frustrating is yes this is a feminist movie because it's saying that she can be just as powerful as all of the rest of the marvel characters and there is not a or even more exactly and there is not a (laughs) there is not a goddamn thing wrong with that at all and like I've said this before, like, I'm a huge Disney World nerd. God, I love going there. And one of the things that I love about Disney World that they've done in recent years is the way that they've made uh, Star Wars inclusive. And I'll give you a perfect example. There is a newer ethnic princess in the Disney World, and her name is uh, Elena of Avalor. And there was a little Hispanic girl who was dressed as Elena of Avalor, but she also had a Darth Maul double-bladed lightsaber in her hand, too. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that is the dopest shit that I've ever seen in my life. I was, that's super That's cute. Exactly, Aww. but that's what I want, is it's no longer these these gatekeepers who are like, well, little girl, you can't be a Jedi, you're a princess, or little boy, you have to, you know, you gotta be a soldier, you gotta be this. No, everybody gets to be who they want. And that that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And like... I, I love that these yeah, walls are and if, coming and down. Yeah, and if they said that to her, they might get a hand cut off, so they better exactly, watch out. Exactly, right? Like, <laughs> get, a, get eviscerated right Those in front of Those lightsabers are dangerous, man. Yeah, they're, they're an elegant <laughs> weapon for a more civilized time. Um, That's right. <laughs> that still cuts your hand exactly. off. Exactly. <laughs> um, I just, I think overall, like, that. that's kind of... 
what, what's in, encouraging for me is that like we have developed like through our relationships that we have through GGR, through our friends at Fantastic Forum, through our independent friends too that we all know that we've started to develop a community of inclusivity that says, look, this is not what the nerd culture is. We are not going to be gatekeepers. We are not going to be elitist. We are not going to see a girl wearing a Batman shirt and saying, oh, well, you're a fake geek girl. Name your top five Batman comics right now. No, no, it, this, that's not who we're going to be. That's not who, that's not how you grow your world. That's how you shut your world off. That's how your world dies. And that's not something oh, any of amen. us are interested in. I've been after, I've been after that whole geek elitism kind of, I actually call it geek elitism. I've been after that for years. Like I wrote an article years ago, two articles, I think about how detrimental it is to our culture. And it's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. On the other hand, I do have a shirt that says fake geek girl in the Battlestar Galactica text <laughs> because I thought it was hilarious because you would only get it if you're a geek why it's in that text so (laughs) i wear it every now and again when i go on the radio show and stuff that's fantastic because it's funny um let's let's go to topic number two um and this is going to be um what brie larson did for the premiere and that we're not talking about the hollywood red carpet premiere we're talking about like when actual like regular people got to go see this movie in New Jersey, my home state. She she was handing out popcorn, handing out drinks. She was decked out in her super sweet, like, which, by the way, it looks super comfy. That, like, Captain oh, yeah. Marvel tracksuit that she yeah. had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that was, that was totally cool. And, like, the fact that, like, and, and Steve wrote this in his article, um, and I'm going to read it word for word here. He said, agree or disagree with her position on things. I don't really care because the picture of her next to little kids who are just beaming because Captain Marvel herself is there to say hi are priceless. And that's, that's a- the absolute truth, man is like, yep. like this little girl. Cause like, can, can you ever think of it, a, an instance where the inverse was true, where Batman premiered and Christian Bale was, 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 you know, ripping tickets in half or when, yeah, when we, when we saw justice league, uh, premiere in the theaters and Jason Momoa was there, you know, like ushering people to their seat. No, not, that doesn't happen. Like, that's why this was so awesome is that there, there was a connect, there's a connection with this movie and the fans that I think is going to make this, even though as we've, we've all kind of consensus agreed that like, Marcus, I know you really, really liked the movie, but like, I thought it was, it was decent. I thought like, if I'm giving it out of 10, you know, on a one to 10 basis, I'm giving it probably like a six or a seven. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it. But, like, because of what she's doing and what she's representing, there are going to be little girls and women who are, this is going to be, like, their favorite movie because they have a personal connection to it. And that's just incredible. Like, I mean, you don't you don't see that with other movies very often. Well, and, you know, something else I liked about it was that, um, you know, her best friend, who is also eventually in comics a Captain Marvel, um also had a really solid part in the movie where like I really enjoyed where she had to fly the plane and did some really impressive flight maneuvers simply for being a trained pilot like she wasn't a superhero or anything like that simply a person with skills and she did her skilled job and got them out of a tight situation and I I enjoyed very much that they had her and her daughter there I don't know if there was you know a man in the picture anywhere at all and it doesn't matter because she and her daughter were you know living in their home and then you know duty called and she went out with them and 
did her bit and saved their lives. And that's really impressive as just having a human person in it, along with all these superheroes and people who know all the fancy secret stuff, you know, and aliens. (laughs) Yeah. And and the great thing about her is that she didn't, she didn't just feel like a plot device. Like her purpose was just there. So when Carol and her met up that she would remember who she was and then just advance, like she felt like an actual character with an actual backstory and and actually was significant to the movie beyond just advancing the plot forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have, like, not in this movie because there wasn't space for it, but I would would not have minded seeing more of her. (laughs) I just, I I enjoyed the the whole, the whole ride. Like, it was, I I liked the relationship between them. And, like, we we, kind of talked about this earlier, about finding a, a way to connect with this movie. Like, okay, yeah, so she's a female. Okay, cool. I'm a male and I still connected with her and I can give you one like you anybody who has a functioning brain inside their skull can find a way to connect with a character. Just the fact that she's human and she doesn't remember where she came from, like that right there. That's an, that's enough to for you to connect, but not only that too, as somebody who was in the military, like there were a lot of like things going on there that was hinting at like things that people deal with as far as PTSD, as far as like repressed memories, as far as like not having a family anymore because you feel like the only family you have is the military. Like that was, that was prevalent. Like I I noticed that immediately. And like the fact that her and Maria and Monica were a family because that's, that was the family they chose. And like, that was, that was super powerful. Like Mm -hmm. that was, that really spoke to me. And the fact that like it took her a minute because of what had happened to her, but she immediately was like, like as soon as the memory started jogging, you, you could see like almost the regret and like the the sadness that she had lost them or had been lost to them for what was it five years, six years? Yeah, the unfairness of the situation and the yeah. and the the sadness. You could you could definitely feel that. And I, I actually said uh, on one of the other <laughs> shows that I've been on um, that I. I would have liked, there are other Marvel movies I've connected to emotionally more than this one, and that's not to say I didn't connect emotionally. I did, but there are other Marvel movies that, like, I will forever, spoiler alert, I will forever love the moment in Guardians of the Galaxy when they're going down and Groot saves everybody. That is one of the most beautiful things I've seen in a Marvel movie. So, and and it's and it hits me every time, and so that, you know, I connect more emotionally with certain items than others in these movies, but... I found this movie in certain spots to be immensely satisfying because there are some things that you just haven't seen on screen before and you haven't seen them enough and you haven't seen them the way they did it. And, you know, from everything from, and I, I I know that it, you know, there, there are things we could nitpick about everything, but everything from the seeing her fall down a bunch of times and then seeing her get up in the, in the memories that come back to her and her determination to the part where Jude Law's character um, is, and I always, is it Jan Rog? I always yeah. forget that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I always misprint. I'm like, <laughs> is that right? I think it's right. Anyway, I don't know why. I know the name, but it, it gets stuck in my head. But anyway, when he's like telling her, when, when he's realizing that she is, you know, very powerful now and he tries to condescend to her and then be like, but the only way you'll really prove yourself is if you do things my way. 
And she just is like, halfway through the, the sentence, she's just like, nope, I got a different way now, and I don't have to listen to you, and does things her way. That's super satisfying, because the entirety of women's worlds, most of the time, is people being like, do you do things like a man? If not, you're wrong. You're too emotional, you're too loud, you're too bossy, you're too whatever. Whereas, you know, when men do it, they're not called emotional or loud or bossy or whatever. Even men with anger management problems who abuse women are not called emotional. Of course they're emotional. But when it comes to women, we're told there are ways that you're supposed to do things. And if you don't do them that way, you'll be looked down on and you're not doing it the right way. You're not doing it the way the man thinks you should do it. And this movie really punched that in the face, metaphorically and physically. And that was super satisfying, no matter if I have a bigger hole in my heart, you know, for Groot to sit in. So <laughs> speaking speaking of hole in your heart, though, when he was just like, you got to defeat me with your powers to prove that you're you know, that you're, you're really learned your lesson, you know, fight oh, yeah. me without your, and then before he can even finish the sentence, she just like photon blasts him like across well, the, I mean, that's exactly oh. what I'm talking about. That it's moment funny. where she's like, I don't have to do things your way. And I don't even have to listen to you talk about how things need to be done your way. I'm just going to do the thing. Cause I'm tired of this and I don't have time for it. There's more important things going on here than you basically. And that is super satisfying. Yeah. So I was, I found parts of this movie to be immensely just like, it's like almost looking at it in food terms, like meaty, you know, <laughs> to have and, and, and thus satisfying. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it's and it's great. It's great to have that. It's great to see it. And that makes me think, oh, how many more awesome movies can we can we have? And they don't all have to be like this. They don't all have to even like have like they don't even all have to have a female lead. I'm super excited about any movie that does. But uh, going into other Marvel movies, like Shuri is one of my favorite Marvel characters. And she's like a side character, but she's so cool. Who doesn't mm -hmm. want to be Shuri? I mean, raise your hand if you want to be her. I'm uh, raising my I hand. Mean, I, I, I am too. <laughs> yes. like, right? A, a technological genius. Essentially, it was awesome. like. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like yeah. her her one-liners were great when she. Oh, yeah. she's so funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, no, I, I I would watch a whole movie about her and her technological resources and driving cars from like her her lab and all the crazy stuff she did. And just but one thing that was so great about her is she feels totally at home in her space. You can see her when she's talking to her brother, when you when she's talking to Shield, when she's talking to whoever. She's like, okay, I know how to do this. I know what's what listen to me, but she doesn't have to say, listen to me. She's just like, do the thing and people do it because she knows what she's doing and people respect that. And that's something you also don't get to see all the time in movies when it comes to gender differences. You don't always see women who are just like, do the thing and people just, just, just do it, you know? They don't question it. They just are like, okay. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, to totally agree, totally agree. Um, I want to move to uh, our kind of third topic here when it comes to Captain Marvel. And this is what, and I can never pronounce his name correctly. Is it Feige or is it? Feige. Feige. Okay, Feige? so, the G, the, so. The, the G does have some, some oomph to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kevin Feige basically comes out and says that like, yeah, this is, this is who she is. And she is going to be a badass. That's, that's who she is. But not only that, too, a lot of people were expecting the scrolls to be a little bit different. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. <laughs> Beats me included. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, and it even says right here, it says, uh, like, Talos. Talos was just a nice Australian guy looking for a place to settle down and not the mastermind <laughs> of any kind of sleeper cell of scroll invaders. I love, I love Steve's <laughs> article. Um, 
<laughs> like it, that that's what was neat about this is like it threw a lot of your your common like what you think is going to happen out the window and he even mm-hmm. said like a lot yep. of people are like well I guess we're not going to get secret invasion and Kevin Feige was like yeah I don't know about that he's like because the scrolls are just like any other race of humans humans are good and humans are bad so why wouldn't there be some bad scrolls too so it it just the fact that we're opening this world up that we're seeing the scrolls so many so many comic book nerds have been just itching for the scroll and we're finally getting them I, I think that this is just like it's a perfect timing too because we're about to go into Endgame. We're about to go into was it Phase Four now? Is yep. that where we're? Phase yeah. Four. Yep. That now we're they're saying okay, hey, for Phase Four, we're gonna have one of the most like talked about villains in the Marvel universe. So be prepared, here it comes. Like I, I think that that's it's perfect timing for that. You know what's interesting too when I was watching it is it's not just the Kree and Scroll thing that was turned on its head, but um, if you are a fan of Runaways, the I had to look this one up. I apologize. I totally knew it was a third alien race, but I did have to look it up. It's called the Majestanians. Um, Carolina oh. Dean, who's one of the Runaways, is a Majestanian, and she's a good guy in the Runaways series. And um, they're enemies of the scrolls as well. So you think, oh, Kree, Scroll, Magistane, you know, the, okay, the scrolls are definitely the bad people. They're they're the bad ones. And then you see this movie and you're like, huh. <laughs> but like like he was saying, there's there could be tons of different factions. I mean, the Destroyer is you know not a very cuddly Kree as it as it were. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, he's awful. So you know, there you go. Well, and also too, I mean, we do have. Um... We're now getting three distinct alien species that have some that have a lot to do with the universe, especially when it comes to the, the greater Marvel universe. Because now we've seen the Zandarians um, and the Nova Corps. We've seen yeah. the Kree. We've seen the Scroll. Like, we're, but there's four because yes. there are Flurkin. Yes. Flurkin. <laughs> oh, Don't the... anybody trust your cats. They are evil and they're going to eat you or take your eye out. At least one of those two cats. Cats are not cats, guys. They're flurkin, and they will tentacle you to death. I just, I anyway. loved, I loved how, I loved how Nick Fury melted because of a cat. Like that was. Oh, I know that was super cute. That was yeah. super cute yeah. when they did that. And then, of course, I knew it was gonna get his eye, though. I knew. I mean, that was like the most obvious setup ever, but it was still fun. <laughs> I was I was kind of I was kind of taken aback by that. I thought that they were I thought they were gonna toy with us. They were gonna be like, oh, he scratched him. Oh, ha 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 ha. And like that was gonna be it. And then I was like, okay, so they're not gonna tell us until later why he actually lost his. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, yeah. well then, okay. <laughs> I mean, cat claws are gonna hurt you and be dangerous anyway. But I figure Flurk can have like even worse cat claws, and that's why it did that to his eye. Because yeah. like, I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe any cat clawing you in the eye would do that. I've only had claws on my, like, arm or whatever, but I know that they are, like, super... They can get infected and all kinds of gross oh, stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, an extra-dimensional species scratching your eye out is a lot worse See, than that's, cats. that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. Flurkin, yeah. don't trust those cats. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, the mid-credit scene, though, where it just, like, coughed up the Tesseract. Oh, like, it was yeah. a furball. Oh, yeah. I was like... <laughs> that was hilarious. That was wonderful. Yeah. That was absolutely We're wonderful. Well yeah. Um, and I that think was that... Like a- hairball to oh like covered in other stuff too yeah, yeah. Like, nope not ju- <laughs> nope just a tesseract <laughs> um oh, i thought what was great though and and thank you for for filling in the gaps for me mc brooks uh because we oh, talked yeah. about this on facebook i i literally had a moment i was like well wait a minute how the hell did the tesseract get in the hands of marvell to begin with and i mean i knew 
it took me a second, and then he was like, oh, hey, remember how Howard Stark got it? And I was like, oh, yeah, it was the bottom of the ocean. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. So we um, had to do that, too, though. Tom yeah. and I were sitting there going, how did it do that? And I was like, I'm pretty sure that when Stark went looking, Howard Stark went looking for Captain America, he found the Tesseract instead. And Tom was like, but didn't he find Captain America, too? And I'm like, no, I thought Captain America was later. And we had to sit there. There's been so many movies that even though I've seen... I've seen Captain America multiple times, and I'm guessing he has too. Uh, and and we both of us had to sit there and be like, I think that's how it happened. <laughs> well, and then in order for Marvel to get her hands on it, MC, you were telling me that the Project Pegasus, yeah, was created by Howard Stark. Well, yeah, yeah I would have assumed that. Yeah, and, it, it would have to be. Yeah, and she basically came when she basically came on and started working for it. Is basically how she got her hands on it. And then um, uh, the Pegasus facility was what Loki destroyed when they came to Earth in the first Avengers. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it all kind of comes comes full circle. Starks, man. All those Starks causing trouble in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it be the Marvel Universe or whether it be Game of Thrones, Starks are always causing problems. Oh, that's true. That's true. But but they're charming. They are charming in in all universes. So, So what we're going to do here, guys, is we're going to go ahead and wrap up uh, episode one, um, which was our Geek Sheets, where we talked all about Captain Marvel. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap that up right now, and then we will be right back here in just another minute with more with uh, Miss Emily Witten. And uh, sitting in, in the co-host, co-pilot seat tonight, the uh, Maria Rambo uh, to my Captain Marvel. Yes, I'm Captain Marvel. Deal with it. Um, I love that. We've got MC Brooks sitting in the co-pilot seat. Guys, we will be right back in just a minute. Uh, stay tuned and make sure you tune in for episode two as we go to the diner with Miss Emily Witten and learn a little bit more about her. Thank you for listening to the Geek Sheets on GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more of our podcasts and all of our great articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!